Hello, everyone, and welcome back. It's the Full 40 with Chris, Rob, and Willie, part of the Nova Insider Network. It is 8.50 p.m. on Sunday, December 4th, coming to you after a big win. Um, Villanova beats the Oklahoma Sooners. Tell me if you've heard that before, um, but we, we we get the first big win uh, of yes. the season. <laughs> First win first of win. any any significance, like the, the first win, big win. The first like, win it feels like this season. Yeah, <laughs> for being very honest. true. Yeah, usually the other, the other wins usually would have been like, hey, it was a footnote, it's just a warm up. And, and, and I'd argue, I'd argue that Villanova got two wins yesterday because we finally got the debut of Cam Whitmore, um, and it was uh, as advertised in a lot yep. of wins. Um, so. So, so we have a lot to dive into. We're, we'll, we'll recap a little bit about the Oklahoma game. Um, and then we're going to keep this going on the podcast in terms of talking about like, okay, how does Villanova work itself back into a tournament team? Uh, obviously still as of, as we sit here right now in a pretty deep hole that we need to dig out of, but we'll get to that a little bit later. We'll preview um, the pen and um and bc games coming up and finally um we'll also look around the big east conference because things are starting to take shape and some conference games are going to start in the next week or so wow so, that's pretty yeah. crazy to think about it's yeah. it's it's outrageous um so so let's talk let's talk oklahoma um Beginning of the game looked a little bit like the beginning of every other game oh God. <laughs> that we played, that we played, uh, that we played this season. It was like, it was immediate, like three pointers raining on us. We're not getting out, closing out on shooters. It's 20 to nine. We surrender a big lead. And all of a sudden you're just sitting there like, Oh my goodness, is this really going to happen again? Is this really us? Yeah. And then I don't know if it was exactly at that moment in the game, but Cam Whitmore came in for the first time, like kind of around that time frame. And I think we got to start with Cam, right? Like I think we got to start there, right? Like yeah. it's, he was, um, look, he was rusty. Let's just be clear on that. Like as, as you would expect somebody who really hasn't played too much basketball in six, seven, eight weeks um, due to injury, but when he did make some plays, man, you could see the talent, the athleticism, whatever. And I'm going to go a hot take right now. I cannot recall in my fandom an an athlete that has that like that just oozes that talent like Cam Whitmore. I cannot even just one game. I'm ready to make that claim. Wait, well, yeah, Villanova? at Villanova. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. In my fandom, from... yeah, yeah, in my yeah. fandom, as yeah, which is going back 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, no the, the aggression, like just from minute one coming on the floor was awesome. Like he just came in with that attacking mindset and the attitude of I'm better than everybody else on the court and Oklahoma, like I'm going to take this ball to the hoop. Good luck trying to stop me. And that absolutely killer mindset is something that 
I feel like this team has been lacking. And I think you could just, you could feel the difference when he was on the court. And yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Just the combination of physicality, athleticism, aggression. I can't think of anybody else, especially as a freshman coming into Villanova and just saying like, nah, I, I, I got this. And like, it just, it clearly elevated the team. It was exciting to watch. It was my first real excitement for this season. I was like, oh shit, like, all right. Like if this is, if this is rusty Cam Whitmore, like let's see him once the rust shakes off. Cause, cause I'm pretty fucking excited. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, he was, I mean, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, going to kind of the energy that he brought to the team and everything like that. Um, Alan Ray had a really good thing on Twitter uh, where he kind of called out when Kyle Lowry joined the team in uh, like what, 05, 06, whatever they were. It was 0405. It was 0405. When it was 0-4-0-5, the difference that had just on the floor in their confidence, the difference of who Kyle was, that's what they're getting with Cam. And it's been one game, but he's that guy. You, in terms of just everything you see on the court, I could dive in and really get into what he was doing and everything like that. But this, the footwork, the size, the skill, and what I want to call out was his defensive. Like, I'm going to say right now he made defensive plays. I don't know if intensity is the word yet because yeah. haven't, we haven't seen full. He played 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, which uh, was funny because like, we were saying minutes restriction. And he's just like continuously on the floor for like <laughs> yeah. the middle chunk of the game. So it's yeah. like, I don't know what minutes we're restricting here, but he basically didn't play the first 10 and didn't play the last 10, but everything yeah. else in between was um, his game. But um, as we look at it, uh, he made two key defensive plays, one on a pick and roll to get a steal that ended up in a Mark Armstrong three, one basically as we're getting towards crunch time where he blew up the dribble handoff. Yep. Um, yep. And just things that both of those plays weren't in a vacuum great plays. But when you saw how he did it, you're like, oh, he just he moves at a different frequency on the floor, which yeah. is going to change a lot of different things for a lot of players. Once he really shakes, he's already smooth. I think he's very smooth. Once he really shakes off the rust, I mean, yeah. we already know Sky's limit for him. He's a potential top three pick for a reason. And yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. He was definitely pressing a little bit, but I can't blame him. You wanted to get that, especially to get the first bucket. You could see he just wanted to get it, and once it happened, it was good. And we're gonna we're gonna see a little, a little bit of fun with him in the next couple of games. Hopefully, I, I'm totally good with him pressing. Like like I'm I'm literally all for it. We we've been calling for people to take over that kind of playmaker role to bring something different to the offense. Tampson did it, and Willie, to your point, he had three steals in 20 minutes. He's just he thinks differently. He operates at a different level. He's willing to take those chances because he knows he can do something and get there faster than everybody else. And, and it was absolutely the case. Um, I'd like, I, I've just, I've been like holding back for since we started talking about him. Cause I, I, don't, I didn't know if I wanted to get there already, but like the step back three, like, should, should, should yeah. we talk about that? I, I, mean, like, I have a different oh, oh my God. Like, Oh, uh, it's just, I, 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 I have no words. Like he did that. And I was just like, oh, oh, oh shit. Dude, are, are we allowed to do that? Like do we have players that do that. And I was like, holy fuck. Like that was so dirty. There was no, there was no reason you should have taken that shot. And he just, just buried it. it Rachel's like, definitely going to be canning that little uh, monologue by Rob just now. And, oh my God. Of course. And, oh, fuck, and fuck, putting, yeah, yeah. And, on, putting and putting eggplant emojis on it. <laughs> <laughs> 
But Rob, when you were talking to Cam, about Cam Whitmore, I thought you were going to uh, say like, you were like, I'm fine with him pressing. And I was like, oh, here it comes. Like I could tell that you were like, you're just, you're like, you, I, I can't believe you don't even, you don't have a Cam Whitmore jersey already. But. I know I should. It's a, big, it's a big miss. It is a clearly a gap in my wardrobe. It's funny. I was actually talking to Nicole about this before, before the show. And she's like, what jersey are you going to wear tonight? I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, you know, pull out a Colin one. And she's like, I feel like you need something to like summon that cam energy. So I went with, I ended up going with the Josh Hart one because I really don't have any other like two, three, like guard wing guys. So I was like, all right, we'll go with Josh in, in honor of cam. But anyway, the, big, the, big side, big side track here. Let's get back on the cam energy. The play for me. So the, the step back three was awesome. Yeah. The play for me that I'm actually going to submit as a Shaq fit man play, but we tanded it. I'm not saying it is my pick. I have a couple of candidates that i was thinking through but candidates yeah jesus christ please no <laughs> don't know <laughs> um the the candidate for me was the crossover dribble go to his left layup and mm. it was a strong layup it wasn't a dunk mm. it wasn't a yeah. dunk but the way he got off the ground when he went to that layup his head was like like equal with the backboard like it was his layup was he was his like there was no chance that they were ever going to get blocked by anybody right like it was just he was so far above everybody else that he looked like he was it kind of came across like he was laying the ball up down like it was (laughs) he was so up there I just uh, that play to me was like that was the eye-popping play for me I was like oh 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 it's like that yeah. Okay. He, right. He, like that was the moment where I said, where I said, oh, 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 I get now the difference between like a five star, like a Omari, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Moof, Jalen Brunson type guy, and this type of five star. Yeah. Yeah. And I, the biggest thing, I, I mean, he hadn't played basketball in seven weeks. He like only, like apparently he'd been practicing like lightly. And to come in and be as poised as he was, there's just a lot of uh, there's a lot of things to enjoy. I'm I'm excited to get to continue to watch him play basketball. Um, just as, as a basketball fan, I think it's going to be it's a really good um, time. And the play, I mean, if we're talking about plays, the play that sticks out to me was the defensive play, the play made at the defensive end where he got the. It was when we were down. I think we were down twenty to twelve, twenty to fourteen. There was a pick and roll. Tanner Groves dro- uh, dove. And Cam was like a step behind him and on the pass burst, got the steal and then ran down court, ran underneath the hoop, threw it to, I think, Arch, who swung it to Armstrong, who hit a three. And I've been rewatching that highlight. And I've been like, is this being doctored? Because his (laughs) speed from half court to the baseline, I was like, that can't be like, he's not actually moving that quickly, is he? um he apparently is so it's a lot of really exciting things to see I'm really excited how this will help everyone else on the team I think we're going to see Caleb with a big lift off his shoulders and and I think Caleb's still going to be the go-to guy I don't think that's changing anywhere in the way that like I it's still going to feel like it's going to be running through Caleb a little bit and Eric but it's going to make their life so much easier. Um, and the thing I wanted to shout out was I thought it was due to injury, but we made a lineup change. 
maybe not the one we were thinking about. Yeah. But we made yeah. a lineup change. Yep. Where it was Mark Armstrong and instead of Chris Arch or March Armstrong and Arch instead of Jordan Longino. Yeah. At first I thought it was, oh well, Jordan must have a knee thing. That yeah. makes sense. Jordan played and played yeah. like 20-ish minutes. So he's probably somewhat okay. I'm everyone's you know nicked up throughout a season, but I mean, that's why I, I, Kyle's making a change, which is really good to say, uh, good to see. And uh, we tweeted this out, but when Jay was on the pod or not on the pod, uh, Jay, you want to come on the pod, please do. Um, <laughs> but when Jay was uh, courtside with Raph um, and he made the comment about yeah, Villanova's uh, playing two freshmen, which is rare for them. Uh, it was very much like, hey, Jay, this is that's your fault. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's you who did that. Just Wait. to be hundred percent clear here, right? Like Jay Wright, it's it's odd for Villanova. Who could do something like this? <laughs> so ridiculous. Wait, okay. So I was watching the game in a bar. So I missed Damn. all of and and let's be clear, I was watching it in a bar. And Villanova was like priority number 17 at the bar. So we got like, we got one TV out of about 20. So I missed all of the audio there. Any other highlights from Jay? Because that is an, an absolute gem of pure ridiculousness coming yeah. from Jay. Like mean, what, so, what, what's, what's the takeaway from Jay on, on, the, on the call? So, so they had Jay on for, I would say, the middle of the game. Is that about right? Did he come in after halftime or was he before halftime? So yeah. he, pulled, he pulled the Cam Whitmore. It was like, oh, after- we got this guy, this big name. Let's put him in for the middle. Yeah, he played or he played. He was on for the first 10 minutes of the second half. That's it. That's what I thought. Okay. Um, it kind of like, so, so what I think CBS was doing was giving him a comfortable moment to be like a second color commentator, right? Like it was, that was kind of his, his, it was almost like a trial run. Bring trains. Yeah. yeah. And and so he was on the broadcast doing giving giving secondary color to ref. Um and and it was very funny though, because I commented on this. If you were an Oklahoma fan, that game had to be like fucking nails on a chalkboard for you. Because it was like the way I'd liken it to was. Rob, you ever watch like a, um, it wasn't like watching a football game where you have two adult, like, you know, two guys who are just non, you know, non-biased. Yeah, yeah. It was like watching a baseball game where you're watching like the Yankees Yes Network broadcast. Oh yeah. Or, it's like, yeah. It's like the Villanova yeah. feed of, yeah. of this game. That, yeah. but that's what it was. It was the Villanova feed of this game just on main CBS, <laughs> right? Like, like, like an Oklahoma fan watching that had to be like, what the fuck is this fucking absolutely biased shit like it was it was crazy and then it was made worse by as they as we went to halftime so this is what started it because as you go into halftime the um oklahoma had the lead so uh porter moser got the at the interview at halftime and the last question that he gets asked going into as he was entering as he was leaving the floor to go to this locker room was what do you think about Villanova's Cam Whitmore (laughs) like it was so crazy I was watching that game and I was just like I was like so he get asked he gets asked Porter Moser gets asked about Cam Whitmore and then for the next 10 minutes of the of gameplay Jay Wright's just on the broadcast talking only about Villanova like providing very little analysis on Oklahoma just talking about Villanova so 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 good it was um was there any gems I don't think he said anything that was too um crazy other than literally the second half starts and he's and he said that quote like 
Oh man, Villanova's. He, he said it like seriously, like he wasn't. Oh no, no, no. Oh, yeah, he, no, he was no, no. It was it was dead ass. He was literally like he was like, "Well, so we're coming out of half, and Villanova's starting two freshmen, which is which is uh, rare for them." And I was like, <laughs> he's, "He's like, I wouldn't do that. No way." <laughs> yeah, I was like, "What?" <laughs> Something he did say uh, just during it was so I was at a bar watching, but then I rewatched just so I could get the audio. Uh, specifically for Jay. This is really well, taking the extra effort. I did yeah. not take that extra effort. Well, just because I knew Jay was on it, I was like, I wanted to hear what he said. He called out something where he, I think after one of Caleb's threes, he was like, oh, we should probably, or we, Villanova should be running a little bit like more, which I thought was interesting that Jay mm-hmm. called it out on the broadcast that Villanova should probably be running a little bit more. Huh. Um, but I just did something that was funny where he, I kept expecting him to say we at a point and yeah. he did a very good job. He didn't not- say we. Okay. Uh, so Jay, kudos to you. He You're, said uh, they, professional. It was it was it was awkward. Um, yeah. One of our most loyal friends and listeners, Sarah Barnett, pointed out it's just like she was just like I cannot get over Jay referring to us as they, um, as and and them. It was it was very unusual uh, yeah. to say the least. Yeah. Um, it's also weird because he's an employee of the school <laughs> as well. So it's like, I, I don't know. <laughs> he is. Sorry. Every time I hear about another job that Jay Wright has, I just can't help being like, this is the least re- retired guy. Yeah. He just didn't want to deal with NIL and recruit. And he was a little, he was like, I'm done with college basketball coaching, but I got a plenty of juice in the game veins yeah. for yeah. everything else. Oh so, so let's talk about a couple other basketball related things. Um, First off, I missed a, a small pit bit of it because um, there was the largest spider I've ever seen in my entire life. This thing was like this big. And it was, I saw it just at a corner of my eye crawling across the carpet. And then I was just like, all right, right I'll right, probably. Right now? Right now? It, no, it just happened before oh, when I got like, up. Why, why you got when it? I got up, yeah, I looked at it and it was like, okay, it's just crawling across the carpet. I'm going <laughs> to leave it there. I'll grab it after the podcast. And, and then it started, it made a right turn and was making a beeline to me. And I was like, <laughs> okay, this has to be addressed immediately. Um, so I missed it if you said it. But one of the points that I wanted to raise about Caleb Daniels was the fact that we've said on this podcast before that Caleb's pressing yeah. and the fact that he doesn't have another like high level guard option or wing option yeah. to, to help help him from a coverage standpoint is causing him to press and force things that he doesn't feel natural to do. He's drawing the best defender. And we thought that it was Dustin Moore's return that was going to help him more. Honestly, just anybody, it's one game and he shot really well. So like, I don't want to take too much stock in this, but one game where you had another feature player that he had to, that Whitmore when he was on had to draw the best defender, the most capable defender, literally opened up space for Caleb Daniels. So, and and by the way, Oklahoma is a good three-point defensive team. So this is not a, that was not like a usual thing to have someone go off like Caleb did. Um, and in the awards thing, there's two things I want to point out. Uh, Caleb is my alpha dog um, of the week with 22 points. Like as much as we want to glow about Cam, like yeah, Caleb, he was, whoo, Caleb won this hot, game for the team. Right? Yeah. Like, so and, good. and, and then he also had, I'd say that three ball um, to put us up. That was four. up to put us up four with 50 seconds left. I'd also deposit as a Shaq fit man player mm. of the week um, candidate. So um, 
I thought I thought Caleb was a masterclass um, effort the other day and I, I on Saturday and I felt like yeah. he was the key, um, you know, the real key to, totally. to us winning that game. And then a second point I wanted to raise on Longino, um, his mid range game is really good. Like like, and I'm not sure. I think we could do more to to use that. Like the he reminds me of Arch in 2016 when Arch would up fake on the three point line get the guy to get off his feet, yeah, yeah. take a few dribbles in and bury the mid range. Like he's, he's so good um, from the mid range. And then final point about this game, um, like critical point that I feel like I needed to make um, was that Armstrong started, Whitmore was featured. They both played good minutes. Housen played some minutes. Brizzy didn't play, but like, but like that was the rotation that Neptune went with. Um, but I felt like in addition to all of that, it was so important that the starting lineup that started this season was the one that got the comeback and finished that game and got the win. Like, I thought that was such a confidence boost for that unit, um, in particular, because it was like Arch hit a big three down the stretch. Everyone made plays down the stretch. Dixon had great defensive plays. And Slater had great yeah. defensive plays down the stretch. Essentially, great defensively, I think. Yeah, like, it was awesome. Yeah. And can, so, can and so all of that, I wanted to just package that up because I said it was like all of the anatomy of kind of like this team coming back from from the depths of hell here. Like the fact that that squad got that win, I think was like so critical yeah. for this team's confidence going forward. Yeah, can, can we talk about that? Because I'll be honest, I didn't get it. Like again, I'm watching this in a bar, and I'm watching as we said, like. The first, you know, if you break this game down in chunks, right? First 10 minutes, 10 minutes, we look like shit. We look like every other game this season. We're down 20 to nine and Oklahoma's just crushing us. Enter Cam Whitmore. Game obviously swings back totally the other way. Cam plays basically the next 20 minutes, give or take. And we are absolutely in this game. We're a different team. The team has opened up for exactly the reasons you articulated, Bilotti. And then we get down to the final four minutes, and this is a tight game. And you're, what, what you just said happens, right? We basically roll out our quote unquote like old starting lineup. I was, I didn't get it. I was shocked. I was sitting there saying, we just did all this good work with Cam, who it from the first minute on the floor is clear he's an absolute difference maker on the offensive and defensive end. And we saw the game swing back with him on the floor. And it's pretty clear that like this minutes restriction thing was total BS. So in my mind, I was like, I don't get it. Why should he not be on the floor? I, I so can one of you guys explain to me? Cause I, I, I honestly don't get it. Like I, I'm glad we won, but I, I don't, I don't really get how we got to that decision. I think it just goes to what we've always done is going with what we've always known and going with that team. First, I do think Cam was on a literal 20 minute minutes restriction. The fact that it's 20 on the dot and it wasn't even like 23 tells me he very much had a hard minutes restriction. Um, So I think that had something to do with it. But I think honestly, like we said, like it goes back to trusting and Kyle going to like, that's his unit that he trusted. It's interesting because Armstrong got the start, but did not finish out the game. Yeah. Armstrong also played well. Like it wasn't like he yeah. didn't play well. So I I just think it goes back to like Kyle and the classic villain of like trusting your senior and your veteran leaders down the stretch to make the right plays. And they did. 
because I, I had the same feeling. I thought, I thought, why weren't Cameron Mark in there? And at the very least, I was like, why isn't Mark in there? But we every single player, as you said, made a play down the stretch that they should have. They took that, they took the onus on themselves. They didn't make the mistakes. They didn't get too scared. Like we saw in the Oregon game where we got the lead and then all of a sudden we just pooped it away. Yeah. We were on top of our game this entire, or the entire half. So, or the, the entire, like, I would say the entire second, like second half, we were basically on top of our game. Um, so I, that's where I think it comes from. Um, it's just kind of like the classic trusting your senior leaders to finish this out um, situation. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Uh, I, that's kind of what I saw. I think it was a classic trust, trust your guys. I do think there's something to say about like, I think Arch in particular um, played well. I think Longino, I think Kyle was trying to feel out like how good of a go Longino could give. So I think that, I, I think that that might've played a factor in why he was in. Cause I feel like, I think Neptune was maybe pleasantly surprised at how good Longino looked and felt after getting banged up. So I think that was, I think that all played a factor. So I, I don't know if I, 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 there was a part of me that was like, it's one of those things where the, the end justifies the means. That's where I'm kind of, that's yeah. where I'm kind of at right now. Where yeah. like, where like you look at it, Neptune made a bet to say, I'm going to go with the guys who, who might, my, my seat, my most senior roster here. And I'm going to trust those guys to get it done for me. They got it done for him. So everyone's every, everything's good in the sense of like, okay, now we have now that those guys can build some confidence for themselves. Yeah, You get yeah. the jolt off the bench from the freshman. Um, and on top of all of that, you have a, uh, you, you kind of were able to save a little bit of bullets in the chamber with Whitmore and, and Armstrong. I, I, that, that's the best I got. Yeah, and it's a fair it's good. a fair question, and it's something that we're going to definitely monitor to go forward. Yeah, and we, look, maybe maybe part of it does go back to the fact that look, you had Cam for twenty minutes, as we've discussed. You know, having another star on the floor takes pressure, takes honestly, like probably takes a little bit of energy requirement down from some of the other guys. So maybe they are able to execute a little bit better come crunch time, they're a little bit less burned out because they haven't had to have been the guy. And it's also put some other pressure on the other team that maybe allows those guys to execute a little bit better than they had, you know, in previous games. So whatever it was, it, it ended up working. And I'm glad to see that, look, these guys can, can get it done in a, at the end of the game, because that's something we, we honestly hadn't seen. We'd seen the guys fight back in several different games but we hadn't seen them be able to close it out so it was nice to kind of get that that last bow on it but and, thank you yeah one thing i want to call out just as an interesting kind of i'll call it philosophical change i think at the beginning of the year we saw a lot of guard back down uh specifically caleb backing down mm. in the post and getting to a bucket <laughs> that disappeared basically from michigan state till oklahoma just was was gone which i don't know i don't really have an opinion either way if that's something that should be a consistent part of our diet or whatever it looks it definitely makes us play slower but caleb's really efficient at it so whatever but i just thought it was interesting that we saw that come back and caleb had another very strong game and i know some teams have schemed to kind of take it away from them but we really went back into the post i just looked it up we took 17 threes we did not shoot very many threes at all wow. that game and i know oklahoma has a really good three-point defense 
but I thought it was interesting that we didn't like we took what they gave us, but we really didn't force anything. And it was just get to the basket, get to the basket and get to the basket. Yeah. Can we, yeah. should we talk about Caleb for a quick minute? Cause I know Blotty alluded to it, but just an absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal game. Eight of 10, 22 yeah. points, three rebounds, three assists, only two fouls, like in 37 minutes, he basically played the whole game too. Just, you, you can't ask for any better efficiency than that. And it's, I think it, it definitely shows what having another guy on the floor like Cam allows this team to do and allows somebody like Caleb to do. We've, we've said it time and time again, we said from the start of the season that, you know, Caleb shouldn't necessarily have to be the, the guy, but, you know, when given the opportunity to take a little bit of that pressure off, he was able to deliver. And like, wow, just absolutely killer performance in a game that we, we so, so needed it. Couldn't agree more. All right, so why don't we dive a little bit into what's to come and kind of like what does what does we we talked about this on the last podcast. We said what what's the anatomy of this team making a surge look like? How does this look like? And I think universally we said we got to get Cam Whitmore back, and, and there was an element of like we'll see what happens in the Oklahoma game. Yeah. Well, we got Cam Whitmore back. He looks to be at least as advertised in terms of in terms of athleticism and talent he is not he is rusty so it's going to take a little bit of time the good news is he's got three good games right now to shake off that rust coming up um but what does this look like because we're now three and five we picked up a win over ken palm number 30 well now it's 32 which, by the way, was the highest Ken Palm rated team that we've played all season long. <laughs> so we got our highest, we, we, we got a, our quote unquote best win of the season versus all the best teams that versus all the teams that we've played. Um, I mean, Michigan State, Iowa State and, and Oregon are all right there. But like point being that that we got a, we got a, We got a trademark victory out of conference. And now you say, okay, three and five, like, where do we go from here? How do you, what's the, what does that look like? I think we just got to stay with like, what does it look like for us to get back into the tournament conversation here? Um, I think number one, the next three are like, gotta have them must wins. You cannot, it's, it's, it's like more like a, it's not, it's less a must win and like a must not lose. Like like the, the next three games provide three bad loss opportunities, provide opportunities to get this team right and, 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 and moving together and feeling good about ourselves. But like just pointing this out, Penn is Ken Palm number 174. We'll do a little bit of a bigger breakdown later. Boston college is Ken Palm number 133 pens at home. BC's at, at a neutral, which should be kind of a home game because um, it's in Newark. I um, mean, Boston College doesn't have basketball fans. Um, and Definitely and then do, do they have fans of any type? I mean, <laughs> I mean we, yeah, we could do a whole podcast. Point, we could do a whole podcast on the ruination of Boston College athletics, other than like hockey. But the um, but then St. Joseph's is Ken Palm number two forty, although that game's at Hagen. Um, so so these games are like must not lose games as I'll, as I'll classify them, like just three games where you got to run this record to six and five. So I think it starts there. And then you get into biggies play after that. But I do feel like from six and five, there is like a world in which, okay, this team has a path 
from an at-large perspective to get it done. Um, it's going to look to me like you got to get St. John's at home um, and you got to get Marquette at home, both of which those teams look like they could be bubble-ish in different fashion, right? Like Mar Marquette has a Marquette has a high level win. They absolutely blew the freaking doors off of Baylor um, earlier this week, um, but they don't have as many wins in total. St. John's has a lot of wins, not against great competition and lost today versus Iowa state, which seems to be the common thread. Um, but that is kind of like the, that's how I think this looks like. And then you got UConn sandwiched in between the St. John's and Marquette game. And I guys like, UConn's really good. UConn's like yeah. really, really good. And we could go into a bigger Big East breakdown. But like we got to talk like getting to New Year's with going five and one in our next six is is I think is like mission critical to this team having a chance to be kind of back in the conversation. Yeah, uh, I think the way I would describe it is the surge starts now. If we're going to be a tournament team, this surge has to start. Well, it started with Oklahoma and it has to continue with Penn, BC, St. Joe's. I think St. John's is probably also lumped into that as like a must, like get off in the Big East um, for or get on Big East with a start Big East with a win. I think uh, what I feel good about is, and we were kind of talking about this pre show. Prior to the Oklahoma game, you could just tell we were tense. We, I mentioned it on the last show, the Oregon game, we got the lead. Brendan Hawson hit the three, and then we fell apart. Iowa State, we tied it up to get to overtime. We fell apart. Michigan State, we fought back, didn't really have a great last play. I wouldn't say we fell apart at the end of the game, but we just could not get it done. Temple, we did not get it done. I think our players were tight. They were not worried, but they wanted to prove to themselves more than anything, realistically, that they can get that done. That they're able to execute late game. They did that. They executed late game. They stopped Oklahoma. There were great defensive plays. Honestly, the weirdest part of that game, Oklahoma game, is we missed three free throws. Like, which is, which was normal. We shot a normal percentage, but just like missed three clutch free throws. But all that to say, we are in a position where that there that. Pressure is a little bit off their back and they should be in a spot to where they can start rolling. And if we're going to be a tournament team, it has to happen now. I think that magic number, and I'm probably going to keep this all season is 12, 12 big East. If we get to six and five and we win our next three games before the St. John's games, 12 big East wins to be 12 and eight on the year. Going into Madison square garden for the tournament. So that puts us at 18 wins going into the tournament. If we can get to, I'll, I'll call it as a whole, 19 wins on the year, obviously meaning with some of those being like quality wins, we can't just beat up on the worst teams in the Big East and then lose to every other single one. But if we can get to 19 wins, somehow evenly split between good and bad losses, I think that should be enough, especially with a healthy Justin Moore to be an at-large bid. And at-large meaning like a 9, 10, 11 seed, not yeah, anything. You could be looking that. at us in the first four, yeah. but but in. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to sound like a broker. I'm going to push back a little bit on this like, like I did last week too. 
yeah, like I, that, Willie, I agree with your, your math. Like if we're, if we get to 19 wins and like, hell, if we get, if we pick up a 20th win in a tournament, I think the committee, like call it what it is. Like they say they don't do this, but like building up as a nice brand, like you get a little bit of a benefit from that. Like, I think that's going to go a long way. And yeah, I think we probably get an at-large bid. Getting those wins isn't easy. Like, no. like we, we just beat Oklahoma. We didn't stomp Oklahoma. We, we beat Oklahoma. We, we picked up that win. It was tough. I'm not ready to say, like, we, we just spent, you know, the past week, the past two weeks talking about all of the faults that this team has. And Cam definitely helps a lot of those faults. And, like, let's not – Obviously, like I was pretty giddy about Cam. I'm still pretty giddy about Cam. Let's call it what it is. Um, like I'm not, not going to hide that. But like this team still has a lot of fucking work to do. Huh. Like, like so. so, 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 like I'm not jumping into like, oh, we're going to make the tournament. Like, do I feel better having Cam on the floor? Absolutely. Do I think we're going to make it if I'm betting man right now? I'm going to say no. So here's my pushback to that. How many points in a game would you say Cam's worth? Just ballpark right now with what you seen for one game. I think Cam will average over the rest of the year. I think Cam will average twelve points a game. Okay, so if we think about it, like I guess what I'm thinking about is not just like raw points, but like what does he? How does he change the impact of a game? Because we've lost games by four, by two, by two, by seven, and by twelve. If is Cam worth four points? Because then that's two extra wins and we're having a completely different conversation about the structure of this team. And so we can't retrospect that. I get that. But what I'm saying is if at bare minimum we play the same way we've played and we're able to be the team we were before, but with Cam, with those extra two to four points, we're looking at a better team. And so that's where my mindset is of, of, all right, now that I've seen what we can do versus Oklahoma, yeah. which now that I've seen without Cam, Oklahoma's a loss. Like that's, that's just what it is. Yeah. If we're now taking those games that should have been losses or or and they're now or would have been losses and are now wins, that's where I'm at. Now, once again, we still have to prove it. We have to prove it out. We beat Oklahoma. Great. Yeah. I think in an ideal by world, the way you lose any of the next three games in the conversation we're done we're, we're just yeah we're that we're not done but the conversation's over then and then you have right. to win then you have to like go beat UConn at XL to like really get back on that which yeah good luck um <laughs> so I think what, what I'm getting at is I feel like we're we are headed in the we're we're facing the right direction yeah I don't know if we started moving yet. Yeah. The next yeah. three games are us moving. I, I, I think, I think your, your point is well taken. Like is cam, like if cam is in the lineup for the games that we already played, we absolutely have picked up a couple more wins. Cause he's worth for sure more than four incremental points a game based on everything else that he brings to the table. Right. He elevates yeah. everybody's everybody's ceiling for sure. Without a doubt. The thing that I worry a little bit about too is like, Yes, Cam is a huge playmaker. We still don't have, we still haven't solved this whole point guard thing. We've clearly established Caleb is not a point guard. Like that's been clear. It should be clear to everybody. We've also pretty well, pretty clearly established like Arch is not a game changing lead a final four team type point guard. Is he going to win you some games? I don't think so. Like he's just there to, you know, he's like, he's like the Trent Dilfer of, of point guards, basically. Like he is, he's like as game manager as they come. 
Yes. And that, and that worries me. That's right. why, that's why I think when it comes down to it, like if you don't have somebody who's able to really like control things and generate that offense and control that offense, when you get into this biggies play, I think that's really going to hurt you. So that's why I'm, I'm still like my, my hope is like, it's just not there yet. I haven't seen it. Yet. I, I think, I think here, here's my take on the point guard situation real quick. The last game showed me something. I know you you commented on the end of the game and who played at the end of the game. Yeah. I'm looking at the beginning of the game and saying Neptune started Mark Armstrong. Like just like yeah, yeah, inserted yeah, the guy true, into true. the starting yeah, yeah, lineup, yeah. right? Like, which is like a big step. So, yeah. and he started him in the second half too. Yeah. So like, I'm looking at that and saying, okay, there is at least a little bit of Neptune that's saying like, we're going to let this kid ride a little bit. And then if he feels like what he's not getting, this I think is what was going on in his head, maybe to tease that point out from earlier in the podcast a little bit more. I think if he feels like he's not getting what he needs from Armstrong yet, yeah, he will go back to the comfort, the, the security blanket, so to speak, of, of yeah. Chris Archie Diacono until obviously Justin Moore comes back, yeah. right? Like, so I, I agree with your point. I just think that the, I think that there is a step, we're, we're moving towards an Armstrong being a very big part of this rotation. Yeah. I think we're moving towards that. And I think my, like the only other thing I have to really add to this is we like, Rob, you mentioned that you said, you know, off like to, we need a point guard to be a final four level. Is this, is this a final four team right now? No, I don't no, think no, so. No. And yeah. so what almost what I'm thinking about is, I don't think so. They're not a final four team right now. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, let me just like be very yeah, clear. Yeah. About that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't but, need any takes on social media. You guys said they're a final <laughs> Nobody's saying that. Yeah. Book your trips to Houston. Now, um, <laughs> basically. For a couple years. I'm, now. <laughs> yeah. What I'm thinking for about. For a vacation, is, not for final four. Um, <laughs> what I'm thinking about is we, we point guard is a deficiency point for us completely. But that's why this team is a 10 seed instead of a five seed. And that's like, I think that's the thing where like, there are plenty of tournament teams that get in and don't have the point guard situation figured out. Yeah. My, 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 just, my, my, counter is, my counter is though, we have to play based on how the numbers play out. We don't have to play final four level, but we've got to play better than like just making a tournament we level do. team for yes. the rest of the season to make the tournament. That's that's a very fair point. Yeah. One thing that I'm doing on Twitter, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to do it after every game, is I'm gonna continue. Wait, to, you're on Twitter? I yeah, no I know. I admit people people don't know this, but like I'm very much on Twitter. Yeah, I got um, a report from Elon. He's like, yo, who's this Bilotti guy? He's, he's like our number. <laughs> he's like our number one Twitter Spaces user. Um, so the. Uh, the one thing I'll, I'll point out there is I am doing this little analysis here of like, okay, record with Whitmore and more out record with Whitmore in and more out. Right. Like, and I'm just like teasing this out because I don't exactly know how the committee is going to look at the injury situation and how it's all going to go. But if Villanova for the last, I don't know how many games are left in the season, like total number, uh, I guess it's 23 in the regular season. If Villanova goes like with Whitmore, forgetting more, even like existing, like if Villanova goes yeah. in those 20 games, like 13 and not, not 13 and 10, that's a little bit too low, 15 and eight, right? Like with Cam Whitmore and assume that there's some good wins in there and not terrible yeah, yeah. losses, whatever, like just assume that out. Like, does the committee look at that and say, 
Well, this is a this is a team that is you know playing. I don't know what that what the math is on that. It's roughly um, you know six sixty sixty seven percent ball, right? Like sixty five percent you know winning percentage there. Yeah. With a re- with that resume, does the team look at that? And th- does the committee look at that and say this therefore is a tournament team? I don't know the exact. We'll try and get Lucas Harkins back on the podcast later in the season if it's worth it. Um, but like, I don't know if they're going to go that route and they'll look at it that plainly, but they could segregate out like chunks of the season to, to say, okay, well, this is the team with, you know, as currently constructed entering yeah. the dance. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to look. That's, that's point one. Point two, really quick. If I told you that, after playing Georgetown on Monday, January 16th, that's Martin Luther King Day. If I told you that the team was 13 and six, would you think this team is making the NCAA tournament? For 13 one and loss. Six, one loss. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 13 and six. It just, I don't know if you know the schedule or whatever, but that's, that's yeah. the record. Okay. That's what Ken Palm has us getting to on Monday, January 16th right now now it's yeah. it's tight but our schedule is with the exception of the connecticut away game which is a, like a massive exception our schedule up until martin luther king day is actually pretty uh backloaded so like we have a we have a backloaded schedule in yeah. terms of difficulty yeah. so like in that first window we have st john's which is potential tournament team marquette potential tournament team but at home um you go on the road, you have both Georgetown games. Which you have, is a dead program. Which is a dead program. Sorry. You have... 100%. Yeah. You have... Then you have a couple of things that could get a little bit dicey. You have Xavier at home, but we're, we're projected to win that game. Tight, but projected to win that game. And you have DePaul and Butler away, which were projected to win both. Again, could be a little bit tight because they're away games. But that's where Ken Palm, as of right now, has us at like 13 and six after January 6th, after the January 16th game. I'm not saying that it's all going to play out like that. Obviously it doesn't work out. Like that's why we have to play the games, but there is a there in which like Villanova can get pretty hot, run the record to 13 and six. And then there's a little bit of pressure off just because the numbers look pretty good, right? Yeah, like yeah. at 13 and six, you're like, okay, in the last, you know, yeah. however many games, can I win five to Willie's point? You know, totally. I- yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, thirteen and six like starts to be a respectable record for sure. Totally fair. So I, that's the anatomy. I, I don't like look, yeah. we're the, the number one goal for this week, and I think I'll parlay this into the next point. Yeah. The number one goal is to not lose to Penn, Boston College, and St. Joe's. Like you just can't lose those games. I know uh, you don't mean it like this when you say it, but I kind of feel like I want to see us win. Like yeah. I, I want to see us. Like I want to see. I'm not saying we're going to win by 30, but I want to see some like 12 to 15 point games where it's like, okay, we've started to figure it out. Like I, if we had three straight Delaware state games, even if we won, I would not be confident going into the St. John's. Right. I want to see continual improvement. So yes, definitely not lose. And obviously we'll take a win in any way, shape or form that it comes. But I kind of want to see a start to figure things out. If we win these games by like 10 to 12, or just like, even if it's eight, but it's like a pretty like, all right, well, we were pretty in charge for the whole game. I, then I will definitely feel a little bit better about potentially that 13 to six, 13 and six coming real or coming alive. If we have a Delaware state game, 
and, and frankly at any point during those i'm gonna be like well all right well we still got so much shit to figure out yeah i'm when i say i'm not yeah. Yeah, when i say not lose like like these are can't lose games like i just mean purely resume yep resume talking right like yeah. that's just totally that's just resume chatter yeah. from like a basketball perspective my expectation for this team if we are to be a team that can make the ncaa tournament is we have to go out and throttle some of these guys right like totally right? Like, yeah. like is it possible that younger team whatever like even if even as bad as they are like goes out and maybe has like a rock fight versus saint joe's where you get that eight point win like like i think that's possible like just because of whatever Penn is at the fin right like um bc is a is a neutral site home game right like these two guys like i want to see a blowout this week i want to see a comfortable villanova ho-hum yawner victory this week like and and maybe two that's kind of where i'm at like i, I think you i think you start to wow people a little bit if villanova can pull off a blowout this week yeah should we talk about uh, you've alluded to this like kind of reference it by listening on the schedule should we do you want to talk a little bit about what the big east is doing right now or do you want to save that for later um yeah we can talk big east now I, that's fine with me um big east conference so like this week and last week like what a difference makes in terms of like conference and kind of like what the bid structure might look like etc a week ago i would have told you this conference has really shit the bed and we're like public enemy number one on that um in the out of conference play. And then we got into this big East, big 12 battle, which big 12 is like the best conference, you know, and, and everyone, you know, and gets all deserve it by the way, plaudits uh, for, for how good they are. And there's like, you know, there's like 10 teams in that conference and like eight or like NCAA tournament quality teams, like at minimum. Right. So it's, it's a, it's a super deep league. And I thought, I honestly thought that this could be like a two and eight, like yeah. in this, in this 10 game challenge, Big East did five and five. And some of those wins are pretty good. Like I, we talked about the Villanova over Oklahoma game, Xavier um, got the best of West Virginia, ran away with that game late. Yep. Um, the, 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 the big stamp on this one was uh, Marquette absolutely like dog walking Baylor, which like yeah, you just, no huge. one does that. Like that's that's so crazy to watch. Um, but just absolutely ran rough shot over them um in that game in Wisconsin. I would say that uh beyond that, I would say like most of it else was like a little bit of hold serve. Like UConn blew the doors off of Oklahoma State. Like UConn kind of like like kind of like lollygag through a lot of that game. I was going to say, it didn't, didn't blow it out right out of the gate. Like no, they kind of lollygagged through a lot of that game, had a 10-minute stretch where they absolutely crushed them, and then the yeah. game was over. Like, yeah. Um, Creighton, Creighton lost to, to Nebraska. Texas. Creighton lost to Texas in the challenge and, and then lost to Nebraska today. So Creighton had great. a really bad week. Yeah. Um, the good news with Nebraska in particular is that St. John's beat them by 20, so – the conference is going to get like a, like it's going to be a nothing burger for the conference and Creighton's going to be good enough resume to get in the tournament. I was going to say, yeah, like don't read any too much. Creighton's still a very good team. Like they yeah. will, they will most likely beat us. Yeah. They just threw a dud up today. They, they shot 43s and like, we're like 25% from deep or maybe worse. Nice. So, it's a, it's so strategy. So in terms of the conference, I, look, everyone's trying to tear out the conference. I'd say that the, the surprise, if you will, it's not like a big surprise, but the surprise is that UConn is 
as we sit here today, the best team in the conference. And I don't, I'm not sure it's close. Uh, they have looked absolutely super, superb. They go about 10 deep. Um, they somehow get bigger than Adama Sanogo when they go to a bench big man and Donovan Klingon. Uh, Joey Calcaterra off the bench is like a sniper. Um, they have, they're just, they just have guys, they have dudes everywhere on this team. They're super deep. Dan Hurley gets them running. And they're just one of these teams that's like, you know, maybe a little bit way like an 18 Nova where they could like hang with the team for a while and kind of like, you know, just kind of go through the motions and then they like turn it on. And then they have a 10 minute stretch where they just absolutely run you off the court. Um, and you have no hope of getting back in the game. And I've seen them like do that like twice in a singular game. <laughs> uh, they did it with Alabama um, in the, uh, was it Alabama or is it Iowa State? I forget in the, uh, in the um, PK 85, they've just looked super good. They picked up a ton of good wins They're up to number four in Ken Palm. That is like the, they're the cream of the crop right now. Creighton um, looks to be uh, like, I think is the clear second best team. And I think, you know, there's, there's still that chance for them to be good, but they get it done in a different way. They're like a five, they go like pretty much five and a half deep. They are not a deep team and, and, but they are loaded at every position in that starting lineup. Their, their starting five is the best starting five in the conference. They just have absolutely no depth um, or no quality depth of anything um, to, to write home about. So the, after Creighton, it really gets murky. I'd say Xavier to me has, shown me that I think they're the third best team in the conference going in. And then there's just a, a like a, a heap of, I'll put us in there, Villanova, St. John's. Um, I'm honestly going to put Marquette and Butler in there um, only because I feel like Butler has been better than advertised this season. And, and I'm not sure I'm putting Providence in that upper tier. Um, so like, I think Providence was the team that everyone thought, well, with Ed Cooley and whatever, I'm not seeing that team of, it's another team of a lot of transfers. I'm not seeing them gelling and Jared Bynum has been straight up fucking terrible for them. Um, like awful. Like he was a really good guard last season and, and I don't know what the hell's going on with him. Um, so far this year, I feel like I'm missing another team in the middle of the conference, but I've seen all was the other one. Seton Hall is. Seton Hall is hilarious. So Seton Hall, they have a new coach in, Sha- uh, in Shaheen Holloway. He has literally said out loud in press conferences when being interviewed, how much he like, how much he like can't understand how this team doesn't want to play basketball. Like, like he hates that's his a, team. That's awkward. He that's literally really hates these guys, um, which is kind of an interesting thing because some of the guys came over with him from St. Peter's. <laughs> and, yeah, super and, weird. And he recruited, in theory, maybe some of these the older guys like way back when he was the assistant at Seton Hall. I think what he's doing is he wants to like set up a culture here. And I think what he's doing is basically like if I have to throw these guys who aren't giving me a whole lot um, right now under the bus, I will and buy myself an extra year or two to kind of get this program on the right footing. But I think what he's trying to do is build a culture. And I just don't think he's getting buy in from the current set of players. Interesting. Very interesting. All right. All so right. Big East shaping up to be an interesting run. We'll Willie, see. any thoughts there? I just like, I kind of like DePaul. I, until proven otherwise, I can't 
vouch for them, but I think they're a pretty decent squad. Um, but it's another team that's been riddled with injury. Yeah, I like. I'm gonna hold off, but like, I have a little bit. Of, I have a little bit of DePaul stock. We'll see what happens. Wow. No, I, I have a. T- I have twenty. It's, it's, like, a, it's like a. It's like a penny stock. It's a penny it's stock. Five, yes. five, <laughs> five, it's like, ah, it goes up. It goes up. Cool. I have a Tony Stubblefield stock. I I think he's I think I, he's the right fit for that. Yeah, I completely agree. And his guys play for him. They go injury after injury after injury, and these guys are in every game. They just had a pretty good win against Loyola Chicago yep. uh, yesterday. Um, so yeah, I agree with that take. Uh, Butler's another team with Thad Mata. I think has looked looked good. Uh, um, I just forget how many good coaches there are. In the uh, yeah, the, the the league is insane. And then, Patrick and then there's Patrick. Oh, Jesus. Wait. So, so the fun the fun stat that I came across uh, on on the interwebs this week was that somebody from Georgetown transferred out or decided to transfer out, which means that from their recruiting classes in 2018, 2019, and 2020, every single player has transferred out. Which is absolute insanity. Absolute insanity. I like can't imagine what the Georgetown message boards look like. I, I go on. I go empty on. spaces. I go yeah, on. Bro. I go on casual Hoya every so often just to see because it's like, it's like holy shit. Like this is so bad. Like, I kind of want to watch the train wreck, and it's really sad. Like it's just they got to tear it down to the studs. The whole I mean, like, athletic department. It's bad. At what's happening? I, over I there. think their administration just doesn't fucking get it. Like it, the fact that they still have Ewing is, is it, it indicates clearly they have no understanding of what they're doing, but anyway, yeah. Georgetown podcast, fuck them. Um, I'm, not, I'm beyond fuck them at this point. I'm I, like, I, I, I feel terrible. I want them to be like, I want to hate them and I can't because it's just like, yeah, ugh. I will say this five years ago. I thought the conference absolutely needed Georgetown to be good, to be a good conference that's not the case anymore. Like whether it be because they're so bad that they've let other teams kind of come up or UConn coming in and whatever, but like the conference doesn't need them. Like, which is really weird to say, like 10 years ago, I would have been like, well, I did Georgetown and Villanova need to like carry this conference and not the case at all. You know, time check for you. Uh, five years ago was like 2018, 2017. So Five years ago, we, we didn't need Georgetown to be good. Ten years ago, we need Georgetown to be good. Yeah. Time, time flies. I have a bit of a funny Georgetown interlude here. It's, like, semi-related, but, okay, date this weekend. And I know, I know, I, like, left my house and actually, like, went out with another human being. Wait, it's oh, like, you had a date. This is a, yeah, this like is a, a Rachel date. date story. Like, oh it's, it's, it's a bit of a date story, but, wow. like, you know, we go to a restaurant. It was a really good place, actually. But the best part was we sit down. We're like first date. Oh, like, where'd you go to school? What do you do for a living? Blah, 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 whatever. Um, and, you know, I talk about how I work in sports. And he's like, oh, like, well, what got you into that? And I was like, well, I went to Villanova. And he goes, oh, he's like, don't be mad. I went to Georgetown. So we're kind of rivals. And I just looked at him. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, looked dude. at him and tried not to laugh. Oh God, that's brutal. Did you keep yeah. a straight face? Did he graduate in 85? Like maybe yeah. that's what it <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, honestly. I was like, wait, wait, I did... was like, listen, maybe this is why I'm still single, but also <laughs> like I for me, my guy. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait. How did he take it? Because like this is an important question. Because 
If this guy is any bit of a realist, he should be like, yeah, you're, you're right. We're, he was we're, gentle. We're really he was not, we're really not about it. I looked okay. at him and I, I mean, I kind of was like, I wouldn't call it a rivalry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, that's, that's funny. Totally. I was just that's, like, that's that pretty good. Be, that was like, he was like, oh, like rivals, right? And I was like, like. He's like, please, please. Excuse me? <laughs> like what? Oh, that's brutal. Oh, man. Poor guy. How the mighty have fallen. That's tough. Hold, still holding on to 85. Uh, it's, it's tough. 80, 86, 86. I feel bad. 84, 84. They were in a final four 15 years ago, and this team cannot stop losing. I right? know. That's, that's rough. Um, all right. Anyway, enough to her shot. So, so, so the Big East is shaping up to be, in my view, I feel like this conference, I'd set the over under at number of bids at, I'm like, I'm trying to decide if I'm four and a half or five and a half. I, I don't think this, I don't, I'm not sure this conference gets six teams in. I could see it happening if for no other reason other than the ACC is absolutely trash. Um, the ACC is closer to um, the like Ken Palm rating wise is closer to the American, American athletic conference um, than they are the big East. Um, so it's, it's, it's ugly season in there and they have their own version of Georgetown named Louisville. Uh, so, so that is a, that, that conference is rough. So the, look, the big 10, the big 12 and the SEC are going to absorb a ton of bids. I think that there could be a path where the big East, I, I'm going to put it at five and a half because it's about right down the center of the number of teams in the conference. I think a lot of people who are betting right now would be, would bet the under on that and say, that it could be even as low as four, um, but I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess that there's going to be a little bit of math there um, in terms of you get three guarantees in my view, and then I feel like you get between Marquette, Villanova, St. John's, um, and a surprise team like a Butler. I think you're going to get another one in. I think okay. five and a half is a good number for it. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Fun um, fact: also dragging down the ACC numbers, Louisville lost again, running the record to eight zero today. <laughs> Uh, oh, no. oh, and eight. Oh, and eight. Excuse oh, me. Um, so, so I, from there, I'd say, let's talk a little bit about the week to come, right? Did we, yeah. we hit everything? Did we, oh my we, gosh. we didn't pick a shot fit. We didn't pick it. Let's do, let's do awards. Let's do awards. Let's do awards. Okay. Is everyone in agreement that Alpha Doug is Caleb Daniel? Yes. No issue. Um, pass the fucking ball award of the week is, I don't, think i have one yeah i don't really Is it have possible one. to say we don't have a pass the fucking ball award a week i mean we beat Oklahoma by a little bit but like everyone was adequate yeah i got it yeah some extent so i could nitpick and say like some of cam's like he was his handle was a little loose but i don't feel like nitpicking that much so rob you <laughs> were literally just about to like go i said if i if i was pick and ask him to homecoming and now I, you're like pass the fucking ball cam be more than flowers, Rachel, but maybe yeah. Jay. Maybe Jay gets the pass. I almost thought Jay, Jay. Yeah. But I was like, he didn't do anything yes. wrong. But I was like, no, he did. That quote, that quote. Oh, it's rare yeah. for Villanova. That's it. Jay. That's it. That's 100% it. That's I posted quote. on Twitter, but that quote was literally like the guy in the hot dog suit. Like, yeah. Like, yeah we're yeah. all looking for the guy who did this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely Jay. All right. That's a good call. Um, and then, uh, and then the alpha dog. No, we did have the uh, the oh, shot sorry, fit sorry, man. Sorry, play. Yeah, yeah. So I nominated two. I nominated Caleb's three. I nominated Cam's drive. Um, I think that there was 
maybe maybe one or two other uh, nominations and with Slater and Dixon on defensive plays down the stretch. Um, I nominate Cam step back three because I haven't seen a player do that in I don't know when, maybe ever for Villanova. Maybe like Alan, Ray, maybe like Alan, I mean, Alan Ray. I mean, I mean, Colin Gillespie did it like last year famously, right? <laughs> Not like that. No, I've never seen anyone do a step back three like that. It's a little bit different, but yeah. What are you talking about about Colin? I don't remember this at all. Providence, the Providence game. It was a big three. We gave it a shock fit. <laughs> there's a difference. There's a difference between a big three. I gotta look this up now before I. Brian has a spreadsheet that will prove it. No, I, I believe it, but it's like the 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 way he took that step back three was just so dirty. All right, I got three points. <laughs> All right, so you you've nominated this. Fine, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. You can have that nomination. Yeah, yeah. Willie, where are you at? Um, I'm probably gonna vote for one of the ones you said, but I'm gonna nominate. I want to give flowers when their flowers are due. Chris Archer's three in the second half, just because it was actually a big three. It was actually like a big breathing room three that he hit, and he took a confident one. So I'm gonna give him that. I'm not gonna vote for it, but. If I'm going to nominate something, I'll do that one. It was very reminiscent of the three that he hit versus Hall Seat, last yep, year. I was yeah. thinking it. Every time he shot, I was like, Seton Hall, maybe? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, but which, which which one is it? I am going to – I'm really I'm really torn here. I feel like I'm going to go with the Whitmore drive only because I think that was like – in the spirit of the Shaq fitness – I feel like that's more in the spirit of it. Like, like he was Shaq fit in that play. Like everything about his physicality and everything that he did to get to get that layup in was was enormous. Now it's it's not the clutchest play of the game, it, which was Caleb's shot, but like it was that was so Shaq fit that play. I would say that too. I mean, that was the balancer. That was the combination of balance power speed finesse footwork that was just strength that was just that like you said that's what Shaq fit is so I would say that play that play is mine all right Rob is trying to Rob is still Rob is I'm, like I'm ignorant. watching I'm watching I'm watching the call in three so I can decide it wasn't a, was, there was it wasn't was even a step back oh my gosh stop oh this is so he came off of he came off a screen he came stop off of it stop it and for that for that reason alone my vote goes to Cam Whitmore's step back three-pointer proves my own point all right you know what I feel good about the fact I feel good about the fact that all three of us picked the Whit Cam Whitmore because this was like in a way the Cam Whitmore game so yeah 100 I feel like that's a good acknowledgement to him yeah totally all right so next next week we're, we're playing Penn um they were projected to finish towards the top of the Ivy League um Willie yeah. any any keynotes that you want to go through yeah, Penn, um, two main players, um, Jordan Dingle, who we're, we should be very familiar with. He's going to be annoying. He's going to give us trouble, but Dingle's taking a leap. He's averaging like 24, uh, 24 points and on like pretty good efficiency. Um, they have another guy, I cannot say his name, Clark Schlager, um, who is, uh, I believe, a transfer. I might be making that up. Um but regardless, he's taken a leap too, and he's averaging about 18. Uh, both are undersized. Um, but we are stronger, quicker, faster than them. Should be a game that, in theory, we win on paper, but we've seen that happen already. So, um, or we've seen a lot happen there already. But a uh, big Jordan Dingle game. Um, I overall, like, I think if we can shut down Dingle, we'll be fine. 
Um, I'm excited to see how I'm excited to like potentially like open up the lineup a bit and just get more players into the rotation. This is a game where like, or I feel like we have more latitude to kind of go against what I said earlier, but we have more latitude to kind of like give the Trey, Angelo, Nana, like let's, let's put them in for a couple minutes. And then if it's really going bad, whatever, we'll just go to our eight and then we stick with it. But yeah, uh, Penn, I got nothing more to say than Jordan Dingle and Clark. This is a game where we have to eat on the boards. Like this team, our team has not been great on the uh, on the glass this year. Cam Whitmore's back. We're taller. We're bigger. We're more athletic. We had to eat on the uh, on the glass. It's at the Pavilion. If this was at if this was at the um, the Palestra, I might say like, oh, this. Yeah. Uh, I'm like a little nervy nervy about this game. I'm not. We're gonna we're gonna blow them out. Yeah. Um, minute minute restrictions dependent. Cam goes for twenty in this game. Jesus. <laughs> Ross, Ross is a big believer. <laughs> uh, we're laughing and then he's going to drop like 40. Yeah. yeah I mean, there, there's, there's no one on Penn who's like, exactly, yeah. I don't even know who the fuck this Jordan is, Dingle is. But like, that's a fair point. Jordan, Jordan Dingle wishes like he's a half of Cam Whitmore. This is that it honestly is a fair point. Like after yeah. their center who's 6'9, there's not a single guy who's taller than Whitmore. And certainly, certainly not a guy who can get up like Whitmore anywhere close to the Penn roster. So, this is this is a we got to overwhelm them with talent, speed, athleticism in this game. I agree. Like to see a lot more Armstrong. This this is the opportunity. These next three games, starting with Penn at home, to really get the freshmen burning um, and get their confidence boosted. And and I like this game to start it. And I I'm I'm predicting a like eighty to sixty game today uh, uh, for for this Penn game. That's my that's my score prediction. Eighty to sixty. That'd be great. I like it. You can you can go any you go anywhere in direction you want, Will. You can you can uh, so <laughs> well then I guess yeah, I mean I 80 to 60. Um that's cool with that. Uh, I think we can move on to BC. Um just because I think that's the last game of the week. Um yep. so BC's a pretty deep team um uh, in terms of like having bodies to throw out skill level. They're skilled, but it's BC. Um they are led by senior guard Makai Ashton Langford. Wait, what's that name? You remember that name? Oh, yeah, yeah. Makai Ashton Langford from you remember him at Providence. Um, he's been at BC for a bit. Um, more or less plays the exact same way. Um, could get hot and become become like pretty annoying, but isn't very efficient. He's shooting like this year, he's shooting like 16% from three. Um, of course, he will probably shoot hit five threes versus us because that's just the way life goes. Um they have his brother, DeMar Langford, who's just kind of a role player, but it's interesting that they have brothers on the team. I always like when I see that. Um, and then overall, what they have is like they're they're a pretty like long-ish team. They're very switchable in theory. Uh, they are, have a bunch of six five, six seven people. Um, their big man, TJ Bickerstaff, who I'm trying to figure out. I'm pretty sure that's Bernie's kid. Um, it might not be, but regardless. Uh, um he's uh a senior as well um been playing uh, he's probably been my favorite player i've seen when i've watched him play um really strong on the glass uh makes a lot of defensive plays um but he's also six nine and he's you know dixon's dixon i think dixon will be able to win that battle i think this is a i think the bc game is a game where we go to dixon quickly and early you get bickerstaff and foul trouble and then there's like freshmen and then people who can't match up with dixon i feel like bc might be a game where we're a little bit like, all right, what's going on? Like they're sort of hanging around. We're not playing well. Dixon comes in, we take over. Um, 
that should be a I think VC will give us a strong punch but it should be a home like a whole a pseudo home game at the Prudential Center I'm, I'm imagining the Villanova Alumni Network of New York is just going to take whatever the train's called is it called the path I mean they have a path you get there versus the path yeah. the Gen J Transit there's a number of different ways to get there so I'm imagining we'll show up in droves uh, and it should be pretty good. Um, if I'm giving a prediction for that, I'll give it like 74, 58 kind of situation where it's like just ugly for a bit. Cause I, I'm just going to bet, bet on us playing ugly versus BC. And then we kind of just pull it away late. Maybe it's 74, 62, but that's my prediction or prediction is um, BC has got a lot of stuff to figure out. Um, but I think Earl Grant might be the guy to do it, but we'll see what happens at Boston College. They have an all-name team guy on this. Um, I don't know if they even play, but they have a guy named Armani Mighty. Armani Mighty. That's that's a fantastic yeah. name. Oh, and I'm doing a disservice. <laughs> Sounds like you in high school, buddy. I'm doing a disservice to this guy. Uh, Jaden Zachary is one of their other guards who's been pretty good and has honestly probably been their best and most efficient player, which isn't saying a lot, but I should give him a shout out because uh, he's he's a young player who I think if they can keep him there, it should be a good part of their future going forward. He shot like 48% from three last year. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a, he can shoot. <laughs> um, look, I, I tend to agree. I agree on it going to be it's going to be a game where we're going to feel a little uncomfortable in our seats early. I do see this as a pullout game. Yeah. Um, towards the end of the game, maybe like with free throws, the game goes from like eight to like eleven. Um, so I'm I'm kind of with you on like the margin of victory, close enough. Um, I'm going to give them a little bit more points because um, our defense. And I they want have the some Ken Palm defense. Some... I'm trying to manifest it. I'm trying to manifest yeah. a better Ken Palm defense. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, 66, uh, 75. So a nine point, mm. nine point difference. But with free throws kind of expanding it down the stretch and it not really feeling like we're going to lose in the last couple of minutes. Interesting. Always a question of how strong your pullout game is. Now, <laughs> um, for me, I think I'm going to go a little bit tighter. Uh, on both of these games. Pull-out game, tighter, like, oh, Jesus. I can't so tighter. Oh, boy. Um, there's a reason I'm on this podcast. Um, I'm going to go a little, little tighter on both these games, but uh, I think we'll pull out the win and go uh, go to and out. Yeah. So, Rob, you're the pessimist eternally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Eternal pessimist, especially relative to us on the podcast. Yeah. I do have to call you out before we, before we finish up today's pod. I do have to call you out little bit of a dose of a dose of accountability hmm. willie said prior to the pk85 that he wanted every bit of north carolina hmm. because he did not buy hey, in. yes this is true this is true yes. not buy in he said yes. they looked like ass and i gotta say there's another team with a four game losing streak who was in the final four last year yes. and that team is north carolina and yeah. they will not be ranked on monday so yes. they've gone from number one to not wrecked. Yes. So, and, and I very much took the opposite stance on that and said, you got to give them some credit. They're number one and they made the final. So 
so yes, I was absolutely wrong on that one. And hopefully I'll be wrong on more of my predictions this season as I've yeah. been, as we said, the pessimist of this group. So, so it's going to be hilarious because I'm going to slightly defend North Carolina. <laughs> even because even no, though we don't do nuance out. on this podcast, really no nuance. It's just been all high major teams. So like, I don't know. It's, I mean, they're going to face high major teams, but I just think it's interesting. Look, they're they're going to do what they always do, or not what they always do, this particular edition of North Carolina does, which is not give a flying fuck for most of the year and then then turn it on when they need to turn it on and figure it out and get it done and be in the tournament. Like last year's team like was hot ass for most of the season. Then they they beat – Coach K at Cameron Indoor to end the um, to finish the regular season, get in as what were they a nine seed? What 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 seed were they? Eight nine seed, and and then run to the uh, to the final game, and we're up big at halftime. So when that they care, they're really good. That team's hilarious because it's a team I saw their eight seed. I think I watched play like five times during that during that season because I saw them in Connecticut. So they played Purdue and Tennessee. I went and saw them play BC and then I was in the final four and every game, it was just like, it was just baffling that I was like, this team doesn't feel good, but it's just like continuing to win. And then they got white hot. And then I, Caleb love, it's just a whole funny thing, but it was weird. I think I saw you, I think I watched UNC play more last year than I did watch Villanova play like it live in person, which I think is oh, oh, in person, gotcha. in person. Yeah. All right, guys. I think that's it. That's a wrap. That's it. Um, so so we'll be back after the BC game um, and we'll preview then. I think it's just one game. Um, we'll preview the St. Joe's, the Holy War game there. Um, and then we'll be back after that to talk St. John's and Big East. And we're hunting for an interview uh, for that. We'll see how it goes. All right, everybody. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And as always, let's go Nova. <laughs>